This is Sports Best, presented by Reposted on the Believe Podcast Network. We believe in the best of sports. That's why, Andrew, each and every week we cut out the worst and give you the best. He is Andrew Keller. I'm Larry Olson. Someone recently asked me, Andrew, if we're cousins. Is that true? I think so. Your aunt, Mildred, used to be married to my uncle, Thomas. And I think, technically, I would still consider you a cousin, even though they got divorced. Thank you, cousin. I love it. Uh, If people would like to find us, there's all sorts of good ways they could do that, I believe. Cousin Larry, um, they can find us at Reposted Podcast slash Sports Best or anywhere you listen to podcasts, click subscribe. All right, Andrew, um, I thought we should start off this week with a little different, and I'd like to do a little game called Would You Rather? So you ready? Oh, I I know you do. I know you do. You like just as much as you love Disney sing-alongs, you love Would You Rather? All right. Would you rather be at a Rancho Cucamonga Quakes minor league baseball game right now or be in the running to be in contention to be the permanent bat boy for the Minnesota Twins? I want to be at a Rancho Cucamonga's game right now. I think doing anything in major league baseball is too monotonous. It's too many games. I can't commit to that. Okay. Would you rather watch the Bad News Bears movie 25 times in a row right now or clean out the stables at Santa Anita Racetrack? Ooh, the obvious answer there is clean up the stables at Santa Anita. It's just, it's a great place to be. It's a great place to spend your day. Whether you're betting or cleaning up, it's, it's, the, way, it's the way to go. Lastly, would you rather fake wrestle Hulk Hogan or spend the day participating in the Zorbing Professional League in New Zealand? A Zorbing League? Yeah. I, I don't know what that is, and I want to find out, so I'm going to pick up that. I think I, I might hurt Hulk Hogan, and I don't want to be responsible for hurting a national treasure. Uh, I'm a little sad. A man of the world such as yourself, cousin, that you don't know what Zorbing is. Well, cousin Larry, maybe you can tell me about it at our next reunion in 2022 up in Spokane. Okay. So the NBA has voted, and they're going to start the season back up. They're going to take the top 22 teams all playing games in Orlando in like a neutral site. They're calling it Quarantineville. <laughs> Basically, they <laughs> stay at the hotels, they play the games, there's no fans. So ESPN's trying to figure out, or the league is trying to figure out, how to have some sort of home court advantage. You believe in home court advantage, Andrew? Home court advantage is a, is a huge deal. I think it makes a big difference. So, yeah, like, I think that's important. Like, for instance, the Colorado Buffaloes have a big-time home court advantage. Oh. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far. I think we're notorious for having our fans show up in the second quarter. But maybe a <laughs> Texas A&M. The, so uh, the, <laughs> Texas, the, the fifth man is the 12th man? What is it? The Texas yeah, it's man? the fifth man. It's the uh, left tackle, fifth man, is the yes. stance. So they're trying to figure out how to have some, like, right, because they play, a, like, a gazillion games in the NBA. These teams play hard, and the top mm-hmm. team gets home court advantage right when they need it in the playoffs. So they're trying to figure out how do they do some sort of home court advantage when you're playing in a neutral site. So here's some of the ideas they're thinking about. They're All thinking right. about letting the team with the, the highest-rated team bring their actual hard court from their home arena. That sounds like – my first thought is, is Boston. What was the first thought you thought when you heard that? Yeah, it's exactly yeah, the parquet Boston flooring of sure. Boston. Exactly. And then um, my construction background made me think about, like, if you're taking this hard court to another location, the temperature's going to be different, and potentially the, the wood could move. So there's, like, an acclimation period that with the humidity in Orlando, I'm sure they got people smarter than me than figuring that out, but uh, <laughs> I'm always looking into things like that. Another plan to be able to give home court advantage would be for the top team to be able to pick who they want to play. Oh, so it's kind of like uh, in elementary school. It's like, all right, I got you. Yeah, like what if you're the last team picked? You're like, oh, man, I'm the, I'm the team that sucks, right? 
Yeah. I think that would basically fall out how the selection would go, right? Like maybe a seven or eight might flip-flop, but like number one's not going to play number two. No, no, no. I think that's relatively fairish. And then the last idea is that they're thinking that the top team gets to pick what hotel they want to stay at. I think, I think that's the best option to actually get a home court advantage. Like, right. So like you get the nicest hotel and maybe you're playing against people that are staying at the Econo Lodge. Well, here's the scoop. Um, Andrew, I hate to burst your bubble, but I don't think the NBA teams play at the Econo Lodge. I think they're all staying at really nice hotels. So I don't know if that really is going to have that big a difference. What if, what if I get to stay on the 24th floor and the team we're playing is on the 23rd floor? Hmm, Could that be a home court advantage? I, you know what? If you're afraid of heights, that might uh, put fear of God in you. Afraid of heights. I yeah, don't know. I'd, I'd wear my heavy shoes. <laughs> uh, you know, Andrew, just because the Olympics have been moved back a year in Tokyo, so it's not going to happen this summer, it's going to happen next summer, that yeah. doesn't mean athletes still don't need to train for the Olympics. So what do you do if you're a swimmer and you need to find a pool? Crazy enough, to me, I would have thought that swimmers wouldn't have been affected, but a lot of pools are closing because of the different government restrictions. And so once I wrapped my mind around that, I was like, okay, well, they're they're screwed. But like they've been really <laughs> they've been really creative. They found there's been like a, a lot of different things that come up. Like people have been swimming in ponds and lakes. What? They get a personal above ground pool where you're like tethered to a pole and then all the way to the airbnb of swimming pools there's this company called swimply which uh didn't make the cut on shark tank but people are using that so i don't know hold on a sec i feel like you just said people are using ponds (laughs) there's like olympic swimmers out there in a pond yeah i mean i guess people are doing whatever they can to get that resistance workout and i would not swim in a pond and I would not swim in a lake because my biggest fear in life, full honesty, is dark water. So I, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. There's different uh, grades of dark water, by the way. I mean, there's like nasty looking ponds and then there's, you know, uh, that pond's okay. You don't do any sort of pond. No, I don't want my foot touching some kind of murky bottom. <laughs> and it just... Yep. It freaks me out. I don't like that either, but what if you could just be on the top of the water and you don't have to touch the bottom? I, I could, Yeah, I mean, if I jumped in from a boat, I could do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's like crazy to me that all these people are coming up with these different ideas. There's this one swimmer, Kelsey Dahlia. She, like, ended up getting an above-ground pool and is, like, doing it in her backyard. Her dog freaks out while she's swimming. But the craziest part of her story to me is in early April, she's like, I'm not getting pool time. And so she tweets out to her fan base being like, hey, what are good options for above ground pool? And they give her an answer. And then her agent steps in and gets her a pool. If, if my agent's not proactively finding that information out for me, they're fired. Like, Kelsey, what are you doing? Right? Well, you could either get an agent or have a Twitter account. I feel like that's what you're saying. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe she should drop her agent and just go. Go to Twitter. Also, her swimming, like, there's a picture of her. She's got this, like, tethered rope where she's tied to a pole. So, like, every stroke she makes, she's not going where. Made me think of uh, a couple weeks or a couple weeks ago when we had Zach Bitter on, just like swimming on a treadmill, right? Like, I don't. Yeah, it, it, it certainly doesn't sound fun. But, you mm-hmm. know, if you're an Olympic athlete, doesn't sound, I mean, I, I'm assuming those workouts are very fun to begin with. Right. I mean, I guess working out isn't. Isn't that fun? You're right. Something that they said that I guess I'll believe, but apparently in that community, 
one day out of the pool takes two days to get back into the shape that you were in. So like it's serious business, especially with uh, like it's been uh, like three months. So that's six months just to get back into shape for next summer. I feel like that's sort of similar to me. If I don't have a beer one day, it takes me like then in three days, I have to have three beers. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like that math works. I'm drinking a gin right now. So I think we're yes. All right. I don't feel like I'm stepping out of the line by saying, I feel like you have pretty good luck, Andrew. Yeah, I'm lucky to have Cousin Larry. You're lucky to have Cousin Larry. <laughs> uh, I've, I've played enough poker, gained some chance with you to know that you, I mean, you're pretty lucky. Thank you. Okay. I feel I'm lucky at everything other than games and gambling, <laughs> which that's not great, but nevertheless, I've made a couple of dollars off you over the years, but not as much as you made off me. All right. NASCAR driver Brad Keselowski, he is one lucky dude. Are you paying attention to the NASCAR races, Andrew? I love NASCAR, but yeah, what happened? He is lucky literally at the exact right time. He's now won two races since the season started back up on the last lap when the top two drivers ran into each other. So he's in third place. He's going to lose. The top two drivers crash on the last lap, and then he wins. Better lucky than good, I guess, right? I suppose so. Now, here's the deal with Keselowski. He races for Team Penske, and -hmm. his contract is up in the next couple of months. Mm -hmm. And they were kind of wondering what he's going to do, or is he going to race for, is he going to even race at all? And now he's run one, two races on the last lap. So – He's been lucky at the exact right time. If you were an owner and you looked at that, would you say my driver's yeah. performing well or he's getting lucky? Like, is, what would you think? Well, here's the deal with that. I mean, I just have to assume in NASCAR they have some sort of factor for lucky, right? Because yeah. crashes happen all the time, and it's, it's, they're not discriminatory. They just happen, and you're either in them or you're not. You're just lucky. The changes. It's kind of like the dot race. I'm all sorts of analogies today. You're, you know the dot race, like at Seven Things Stretch, where it's going around a track and like three different. Hey, cousin, if you know me, you know I hate the dot race. You know I hate the dot race. I apparently don't know you that well because I love the dot race and I am part of the mob mentality yelling at the Jumbotron. Hate the blue! Dot. It's going to be blue! <laughs> oh, it's so fun. And then I go collect my free taco from Taco Bell because my color won. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this Back to the NASCAR story, the guy that got second place, Clint Boyer, uh, I think having no fans is already wearing on him. I didn't think NASCAR would be affected, but uh, after the race, he's like, this place would have been standing on end and erupted, and now it's just like, okay, I'm going to go home, and I'm ready for fans. So people are excited that sports are back, but I don't know how long we're going to be doing stuff without the fans. It's, it's, it's so different. Poor NASCAR driver. He missed fans. Oh, so sad for him. It is sad. His second place finish, he couldn't celebrate with all his friends. By the way, in that same race, the Food City 500, our boy, Brendan Poole, finished 24th. Nice. Yeah. Rookie Brendan Poole getting the finishes. I think that's that's pretty nice. Is that a technical term, getting the finishes? Getting the finishes, man. It's a – I was reading the LA Times, and that's like one of the the box score things. It's getting the finishes. Oh, okay. Now I learn some every day. I guess the NFL season 
is coming up. It's fast approaching. We haven't heard much about, I think they're going to go through as planned. I think we talked about maybe it might start later, but Raiders owners are going to be cutting it close. It sounds like their new Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas might not be ready in time. They're shooting for a substantial completion. They're shooting for a substantial completion of uh, the end of July, which they might not like if the, if you know anything about construction, everything's always over budget, over budget and beyond schedule. So I think it'd be interesting to see with uh, the Raiders pitching a fit for leaving Oakland if they didn't have a home anywhere. I don't know. What do you think? I feel like in another life, you're a construction guy. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like, a, like in a <laughs> parallel universe, you're a construction guy. I mean, when you say things need to be done, does the thing actually get done? Uh, I mean, sometimes. What? <laughs> <laughs> it depends. I mean, People say, I want it fast, I want it now, and sometimes they try to throw money at it, but there's only 24 hours in a day. There's diminishing returns on doing work. I mean, Davis could say, hey, work 24 hours a day, but after a while, these guys are going to stop being as productive. And there's, they had 15 cases of COVID reported on their job site last week, so they're going to be pushing. I think at the end of the day, they're going to get in there. Substantial completion set for July, I mean – Substantial completion just means the city is going to let you occupy it and play. And so maybe all the TVs might not be hung, but well, I'm not too, you, I'm not too worried about I, it. The idea would be, though, like what happens if the NFL does not allow fans to go to games? Do they even need the stadium to be done, right? And they don't need the concession stand, so they don't got to fix those. Yeah. I I think it would be kind of cool if they did the uh, if they did games like just on a field. You know, there's no stands. They're not going to do that, but – it might even it might look better with without the fans there like they could play in your backyard yes <laughs> uh poor raiders well i hope they finish their stadium um the hawkeye state is the first state to allow high school sports to pick back up andrew Ooh. hawkeye okay. state is what iowa oh very good yes yeah, iowa the dreams yeah oh good call is it iowa that was was it iowa okay you're yeah. probably right uh, Iowa is now letting baseball and softball players begin to practice. High school, baseball, and softball. Games will eventually begin sometime later this month. There's some new coronavirus rules, though, if you want to play baseball or softball, Andrew. Okay, like what? Okay, you can't have any symptoms. You can't have any COVID symptoms. You can't be out mm-hmm. there with a fever. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know what the other symptoms. Foaming at the mouth. Is that another COVID? Is that a thing? Yeah, foaming in the mouth, erratic behavior, um, barking. Oh, that might be rabies. That might be rabies. I'm not sure. I- I was going to say diabetes, but I think you're right. Rabies. <laughs> diabetes. Uh, um, low blood sugar. Low blood sugar. So the, um, the, you can't have any symptoms of COVID. They're going to take your temperature a lot, which I don't understand how they're going to literally – are they going to just, like, take everybody's temperature in between the inning? I mean, if if you took my temperature at any point during any high school yes. sport practice, I would, I would get kicked out. Exactly. They're going to be over – you can't use the dugout for practice, so there's going to have a bunch of people standing around on the baseball field. It's exciting to get back, I guess, but are they going to have a different ball every time? That was the one thing. Like, you know, pitchers are always messing with the ball, blowing on their hands, blowing on the ball. They're saying they're going to be like, I guess, dipping those balls in sanitizer. Yeah. <laughs> I guess okay. that, might be, that might be a new advantage for, like, a spitball is the Purell ball. That, that could drops. be their new. That could be their new slogan. We're dipping our balls in sanitizer. <laughs> Iowa, come to dip your balls in sanitizer. <laughs> that's, that's what it says on the license plate. <laughs> moving forward. 
<laughs> I think it might be right. Uh, Andrew, do, do we have time for my bonus story or are we out of time? Let's hear it. What's your bonus story? Bonus story is that the New York Mets are for sale. I don't know if you knew that. How much money do you have? Do you want to go in? I would definitely square you whatever I've got so we could put in a bid to get the Mets. Square cash plays. Square cash plays. Yes, the Mets are going for sale. $2.6 billion if you want to own the Mets. Who would you want to see? If you could name anybody in the world, who would you want to see buy the Mets? Uh, Besides you and me, I think um, Mookie Betts. I think Mookie Betts would be a good contender. Oh, Mookie Bets. I love me some Mookie Bets. <laughs> um, I was going to thought you were say like Seinfeld, a notorious Mets fan. Uh, oh, oh uh, Tony Kornheiser. Tony Kornheiser. Yeah. Adam Carolla. You've already mentioned him. He'd be fun to have yeah. to see the Mets. But uh, no, they're not trying to buy the Mets. Who is trying to buy the Mets? Jennifer Lopez, J-Lo, and mm. A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez, her fiance. They want to buy the Mets. They don't have $2.6 million, but they know people who do. So they're putting an ownership group together to buy the New York Mets. Yeah, I think I read that they're both they're both worth about 400 million each. I did a little bit of research into Jennifer yes. Lopez. I was like, how did she make all her money? And normally when people are that wealthy, they like diversify like 50 cent had that stake in Smart Water. JLo is like straight album sales and residency in Vegas. So like concerts, she's just she's just good. It makes a lot of money. Like she's just an artist and that's it. Like her wealth doesn't come from other business ventures. And same with A-Rod, the highest ever MLB earnings. They just like, they save. They don't spend it on crazy things like, like islands. They just, they were waiting for this day. <laughs> I think they should have <laughs> bought an island. I thought, I think that would have been a good idea. Yeah. Here's, I want you to know how I feel about this. I want J-Lo and A-Rod to do no more winning in life. I mean, seriously, they're both pretty good looking. They've all, they're very talented. I do not want them knowing the Mets. I want them to lose the rest of their life. Lose, <laughs> lose, lose, lose for them. So is your prerequisite for an owner to be unattractive, like uh, you want to be an Al Davis type? No. That I want you to hear me. No, I do not need ugly owners. I just don't want J-Lo and A-Rod to win anymore. They've won too much. They've won way too much. All right. Well, maybe we can get DJ Khaled to come in and say all he does is win, 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 no matter what. We the best. <laughs> yeah. Do you like that? I my love it. Lo- my kids love it when I do it. Dan Kurtz is just your average stay-at-home father of three who runs the most famous now American website on the KBO, the Professional Baseball League of Korea. Dan, thank you. We got thousands of questions for you, but first and foremost, we if you wouldn't mind just sharing your personal story of why and how you got into the KBO. Sure. I'll try to make it as brief as possible because people always wonder, like, why are you still following the league? So <laughs> I, I was adopted from South Korea when I was four months old. So that is my connection to Korea to start off with. I did not return, though, to Korea, to my motherland until 1999 when I was 19 years old. And I decided to go on a trip with other adoptees. During that trip, it was just like a two-week whirlwind trip of the country of Korea and got to see the tour sites. And briefly, just for a brief moment on that trip, we were on the bus and the tour guide. We're going past Chamshell Stadium, home of now the Doosan Bears and LG Twins. We were going past it, and she just briefly said that's where the professional baseball teams play. I had no idea that there was a professional baseball league in Korea because I didn't know that much about my birth country. That was the whole point of going back. I decided to study abroad there in the year 2000. 
I went back, I went to Yonza University, ended up meeting my wife there who's also studying there. So that was another plus here. But I, that's when I first experienced my first KBO game. My friend that fall of the year 2000 is like, hey, I, I know you like sports. Do you want to go out? So I go out to the game. And as soon as you come out of the subway station at Chamsho Stadium, anytime you go to a stadium, there's kind of like a buzz or an atmosphere. But when I, I could... When I got to Chamshill and I come out to Subway Stadium, there was new sounds, there was new smells for sure that I never had at going to like Veterans Stadium when I was down in Philly. So I'm like, wow, this is this is all different to me. This is this sound, this this looks cool. Tyrone Woods, who was a slugger for the Tucson Bears at the time that I later found out, hit a home run. The crowd goes absolutely insane. They're singing, there's chanting, and I'm going just thinking to myself, there's a rock. This is like attending a rock concert in the stands and watching a baseball game all at the same time. I was like, I need to come back. I need to find out more about the league. So then what eventually happened, fast forward, is I started to learn the Korean language, and I paired that up with learning more about the KBO since there wasn't a lot of uh, resources in the English language. And so thus, I started out as a message board, which later turned into what is now a website, and now we have stats, and now it's just kind of news aggregation and Twitter and stuff like that for my KBO. So that's kind of like the nutshell of quickly how it became in the last 20 years. What's it been like to run a website that focuses on KBO? At one point it shuts down, right? Cause you people, you get overloaded. <laughs> well, again, in my 20 years of doing this, there's never been this much attention uh, based outside of Korea on the KBO. So this was all new to me. So opening, that happened on opening night, May 4th or May 5th is when the ESPN deal was officially announced. And that's when everybody started looking for information. My, is my understanding. And then I start watching the game at 10 p.m. I'm on the West Coast, Pacific time, opening night. I watch mostly up to about 1 a.m. or something. I don't know if I even completed the game. I fall asleep. I wake up, open up Twitter, and I just see a bunch of mentions that are like, the one that sticks out is, hey, man, good news. You know, like your website's down. Bad news. Your website's down. <laughs> I'm like, what? I was like, what? Huh? And so I went on and I checked. And yes, sure enough, at the end of the day, for opening day or opening night 2020, we had 27 times the amount of traffic compared to last wow. opening day in 2019, which obviously we were not like prepared for any kind of influx of fans until all of a sudden the ESPN deal went through. It, like you said, it's one of the few sporting leagues around going on at the time. So uh, unknowing to me, I, I knew about daily fantasy sports and the betting angle for other sports. I just never thought that would cross over to the KBO, which it did, <laughs> which is yeah. where a lot of players have come into. And then there's just your casual fans that are like, hey, I just need some baseball news. Or, you know, what? I'm sick of seeing the pandemic news. Just let me watch something in the morning that's not, you know, depressing kind of. For people that really haven't had a chance to check that check out the KBO yet, like I've I've seen that they have bat flipping, but it's not considered to be insulting. And then the pace of play is faster, and the chanting to me feels like a Premier League soccer game. Like, can you just talk about the the overall feel or differences you see between the U.S. version? Oh, oh yes. So, like you said, it. At the end of the day, it's still baseball. It's still going on. It's very similar to MLB rules. Uh, they play with the American League style rules, DH. The one difference is in the regular season, after 12 innings, it can end in a tie game and they go home. That's also one because of the player pool is a little bit thinner than, say, Major League Baseball, obviously. So then they can't, they don't have enough players to you know, go 20 innings. And two, another thing is public transportation in a lot of the major cities shuts down at midnight. So in Seoul, like the subway stops at midnight. The, bubbles, right. the, the very few buses are running at, after midnight and you get to rely on taxis. So that's just another thing checking out for the fans. But um, yes, bat flipping, showing your emotion, showing, I call it flair, showing your flair on the baseball field. It's permitted over there. There's no, there's no retribution. There's no 90 
five mile per hour to the head or something because you, you know, you're excited because you helped your team hit a home run or something. There's nothing, there's none of that going on. But on the flip side, there are, there is like an unwritten rule such as, Hey, if I'm a 24 year old, you know, third year pitcher and I happen to hit Ide Ho, you know, a veteran, a veteran mm-hmm. player who played in the major league and now for the Lotte and I hit him with a pitch and it was not on purpose. I am taking off my hat and I am bowing and saying, I'm sorry to show remorse. Oh. If you do, if you do not do that as a younger player, and you hit a veteran, it doesn't even have to be the star, but he's older than you. If you do not do that, the benches will empty over that. <laughs> and it's just a different, you know, it's just different culture. It's not saying one, one is better than the other. And that's the way I always say it. I said, MLB is MLB. The KBO is KBO. They're different. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes them great. It's a younger generation that goes to the games nowadays. So, I mean, it's a big, it's kind of like a party atmosphere anyway. So that's the closest that I can do it. But yes, if you were to put, stretch it to the world, it's very similarly close to like European uh, professional soccer leagues where fans are chanting, standing the whole time. And in the KBO, it doesn't matter if you're winning by 10 runs, losing by 10 runs, it's the third inning or the ninth inning. You are staying there and you're singing. And as a player, from what I heard is, they don't need, I mean, if you were just to go by off the fan reaction, you don't know if your team's winning or losing. That's just how passionate the fans are. And one great thing that I love about the KBO is you maybe even see it on some of the broadcasts. As soon as the games are over, both teams come out onto the field, they stand on the foul line, and they bow to the fans. They're still doing this even though the fans are not even in the stands right now. And that's just showing respect to the fans saying, hey, we acknowledge you're there. We know why you come to watch us play. So thank you for coming. Thank you for staying with us even if we lost like 20 to 1. You know, thank you. And so I just think that's a great example of how they show appreciation for the fans. You know, you mentioned that you're a Phillies fan. Could you give us a little preview of what it's like to watch baseball without any fans there? I know I'm sure that's coming to the U.S. It is, it is the oddest thing for me as a KBO fan who – MLB fan, like you said, I'm a Phils fan. KBO games are obviously already different than Major League Baseball games when you get the crowd into it. But now you're taking the crowd out. It is completely quiet there. And I don't know if you've been watching some of the games, but with ESPN, you know, you might not be able to hear it as much because with the English announcers going on. But in some of the Korean broadcasts, it's silent. Like literally you will hear the players talking to each other or chatter from the outfield. The one, the, the most striking contrast I can remember is going in a preseason game. I was watching it online. This is before the ESPN deal got announced. And due to the pandemic, all coaches have to wear masks on the field. And this third base coach for, uh, I think Samsung comes running out and the ump is just yelling at him being like, Hey, basically you can't be on the field. Go get your mask. And the um, and the third base coach is like, oh, okay. And like, that is something you would never pick up during a game. And this was literally, they, they were, the players weren't mic'd up or anything. It was just the TV, the TV cameras picking it up. And that's how it is nowadays. And it's really, really in, odd to see these players out there playing with no fans, no singing, no background noise, except for the crack of the bat and the, you know, the mitt, the glove and stuff like that. And I've, I've read articles and I've heard from players that says, this is, this is weird for us that have played in front of crowds my entire career. And now all of a sudden I have to worry about if I say bad words on TV or, (laughs) or just simply strategy, which is something I never thought about. Like, you know how they, you know, they, they put the glove up to the face or it's like NFL style, put the scene, put the play card in front of you. It's kind of like, even if you do that, you can still be heard across the stadium and across the, you know, across the TV broadcast. And there's more people that grunt when they play. And I never noticed that. <laughs> there's a guy for the Hanoi Eagles that caused controversy. He, he's like the Maria Sharapova of, of pitching. <laughs> and I never knew, I never knew that he grunted. He's, he's a veteran player. He's, this is like his third or fourth year. 
that he grunts when he pitches. And he does. And in a quiet in an empty stadium, it sounds like there's a tennis match going on. And one of the <laughs> and, and when Hanhua was playing Lotte, the Lotte manager came out and kind of complained basically. And it's not really against the rules in the KBO. So they're like, yes, we acknowledge that. And so they're like, okay, there's nothing we can do, but that's how he plays. And I mentioned it on Twitter, and then even some of the foreign batters, like Mel Rojas, is like, dude, that dude's always grunted. He's always grunting. <laughs> I keep seeing that you, you're you sticking to your guns, that you're not an expert in the KBO, but you've been doing it for 20 years. You know which players are grunting. Like, you're picking up on nuances. Like, at what point? I think you are an expert, but, like, why? why, why that, I, I just don't feel when, – when I think of an expert, I think of somebody that knows – everything about every anything i don't know everything about the league like i said i just started following when i was 20 years old and i'm still learning every single day i lean on some of the guys like jiho Yu, who writes for yunhop daniel kim and i'm i mean literally every day i'll be like hey is, what, what's going on with this hey and he finds out for me he's like this is what this is what i found out and i'm like thank you so much example the injured list right now for the kbo is brand new this season they did not have an injured list so now they have a tent us what is it? A 10 day, a 15 day and a 30 day injured list. And that's why you maybe see more of the injuries being announced. But the way the teams are utilizing it is because with this injured list, if you're injured, you can be placed on the 10 day injured list. And then they can obviously bring in a player and, you know, replace you. But with the, the caveat is that as soon as you're recovered, if it's, if it's even before the 10 days, like it's only been three days, all of a sudden you're magically healed. You can come back off that injured list and start playing again. And they just send a player down. Whereas before, if you were injured, they would take you off the active roster. As soon as you're taken off the active roster, you're not allowed to join the big league club again for official 10 days. <laughs> you, might not, you might not like this, but you just made a further point that you are an expert. So let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, you double down. Hey, I know Americans go to the KBO all the time. Is there an American that's doing really well there or has done well in the last couple of years? Well, I think a lot of fans that have followed the KBO know about Eric Thames legend over there for the nc dinos comes back goes to the brewers now on the nationals turns that you know turns everybody used to think of the kbo as kind of like a retirement league as as soon as i go over there my my career is done i think uh guys like eric dames uh merrill kelly you know who came back he hadn't even appeared in an mlb game but he was able to pair some nice seasons over with sk come back get a major league deal out of it josh Lindblom again major league major leaguer struggled went over to went over to the kbo got his stuff back MVP of the league. Now he turned that into a multi-year deal again with the Brewers. And I think people are starting to see that and players are starting to see like, Hey, this is not a dead end because a lot of them in the past, maybe, maybe 20 years ago, it was kind of like, a, you know, this is my final swan song. I'm done after this. But nowadays they're getting younger players this year two two bet, two batters, obviously sticking out on my mind. LG's Roberto Ramos yes. dude is killing, killing the ball. And then you got um, Kia Tigers, Preston Tucker. Um, he started out really, really hot, and he, he slowed it down a bit. And then I'm a Dusan fan, disclaimer. Hmm. This guy <laughs> this guy is almost hitting 500, Jose Miguel Fernandez. And, I mean, we're, what, 21 games into the season, and he's batting 465. So those three are just some of the notable players on the offensive side that are just like, wow. I think I, – I don't know what LG fans are thinking, but I'm thinking – wow, they got Ramos for this year, and then he's probably coming back to the major leagues. And I know a lot of people that I'm seeing is like, why did the Rockies not keep him? And I guess there just wasn't space. I don't know enough about the Rockies. I just – there wasn't enough space. So, I mean, he found this an opportunity to go over, make some money, perform at a high level, 
And now tie that in with the ESPN deal. Now all yeah. of the America and the world's watching. So I can only imagine what some of these guys with some more major league scouts watching from abroad. It's, it could turn into more guys being signed back to the major leagues. So Larry has three kids. I know you have three kids. <laughs> oh yeah. Have they found, have you, have they found or shared the same love of the KBO that you have or, or are they, are no, they, they rebelling? They do they do not like sports at all. So I have a nine-year-old. I have, I have a five, soon-to-be six-year-old son, and I have a daughter, three. So all they know about sports, because they know that I watch it. And so it doesn't matter what I'm watching on this NFL, NBA, Major League, whatever. They know that they know about sports. They know what sports they are. But then I have a bunch of, like, T-shirts with logos on, jerseys and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And they know that logo. Like, I'm an Arizona Cardinals NFL fan. So I have a lot of Arizona Cardinals gear, actually. And they always see it, and they go, did your team lose today? I'm like, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so and then, and then with yeah with korean baseball then they just know that it's in korea where like you know where we used to live and they they don't know anything about the team um so they know nothing about it they're really not interested in it which is fine with me it's uh, kind of mm-hmm. cool my oldest son nine years old is starting to get into the pba professional bowling <laughs> oh wow and so for me, I'm kind of like that. I'm kind of like the new, like how the new KBO fans here in America are now just latching onto the league and trying to find out more about it. I'm mm-hmm. that same way now with PBA bowlers. He's telling me all these, all these bowlers, all these <laughs> yes. tournaments. And I'm like, all right, man, you might not be into baseball, but hey, it's a still a sport. I'm going to go all in. So I am here trying to find out. He's pumped. The PBA is coming back here in the beginning of June. So I'm like, I'm going to watch these tournaments with him. I'm going to be the outsider trying to find out more information about a league that I know nothing about. <laughs> Have you guys? Hey, have, have you guys? Have you guys trademarked my PBA yet? My no, PBA. not yet. I, I, I was just gonna say I don't know. If eventually, because like I said, he made me a slideshow. He made me. He figured out how to use Google Slides at a PowerPoint type X. He made me the top fifty bowlers in the PBA. And I'm like, holy cow! I didn't yes. even know. I, I recognize like three of them, and that's about that's it. That's amazing. Like, so he's really into it, and so I, I'm like, go for it, man. If you don't have to like the same sports, because for me, growing up with my family, none of my family really was into sports. I just somehow ended up being that kid that wanted the sports page all the time, you know, read it every day and digested it and, and loved it. None of my family is into sports. So I don't know how it, how it, where it roots from, but that's how I became a fan of, you know, any sport. Go, go live your dream in the bowling world. All right. Before you get on out of here, Dan, um, my partner, Andrew is a big LG twins team. So I thought we'd play a quick game. I'm going to give you a, a Korean team. And then you tell me like the American equivalent just for funsies and not sure. a big in-depth thing, but so like, for instance, who, who in MLB, who's the equivalent of the LG Twins? The Mets, okay. the New York Mets. And so the reason I say that is oh. um, they play in a large city. <laughs> that's LG plays in a large – yes. Well, that's yeah. – well, as an LG Twins fan, you might soon start realizing why they're compared. Because not only do they play in a large city, they also play um, – in a city that they have to share, literally share the stadium with. So they're splitting time. So there's three soul-based teams instead of just the Yankees and the Mets. And unfortunately, in the last 10 years for LG fans, Doosan has been the dominant team. And so they're kind of outshined at their own stadium, even though, and even though LG is one of the founding teams of the KBO, they have a large following. They have a large, passionate fan base. Yes. LG has not won it since, I want to say, 1992. So there is, there is... And this is a team of – there's only 10 teams right now, and before that, there was only eight teams. So, I mean, just by mm-hmm. number-wise, you would think you'd turn it around and have a good season one year or the other. It's just that LG always comes in with a high expectations. They, 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 have, they have a decent amount of money because LG is a large corporation. So, I mean, they're not, like, financially strapped. They're a strong team, but they just always – never live up to expectations. So that's why, as a Phillies fan, that's why I call them the Mets of the yeah. KBL. Keep but this waiting, year, Andrew. Keep this waiting. Year, 
this year I expect them to do very well. Yeah. Casey, Casey nice. Kelly, Casey Kelly, Ty, Tyler Wilson, and Roberto Ramos. If you haven't already noticed that three foreign players on every team play a large, you know, large role in how successful you are. Those are three very solid players. I think that's going to help LG make the playoffs and this they could actually right now they're what 16 and 7 tied for second or up there in second place i think they can continue this if they start if they get you know if they get hurt they don't have the depth of some teams so i mean if they lose some of their star players like ramos actually just went on the game last night um just for precaution but Uh i mean you start losing some of their players in a kbo team uh you're because of the talent pool there's just not enough depth there so you'll see drastic drop off so as long as your team stays healthy and your foreigners are successful that generally makes makes you one of the better kbo teams all right we want to thank you again dan kurtz for joining us i'm going to say it again if you don't have a stat sheet in front of you you are the leading expert in the kbo <laughs> well, please i have please. my website up so i was cheating a little okay. bit pulling off some of the numbers but yes I, I i i used to be when i was younger i used to be able to rattle off stats off the top of my head i'm old now i got three kids i could barely yeah. like i'm like oh okay that's the record all right there we go all right. <laughs> All right, you can follow Dan on Twitter at MyKBO. Find him at KBO.net or just MyKBOStats.com. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dan. Thank you for having me on. It's been an honor. All right, that has been another rousing edition of Sports Best. We got rid of the worst, Andrew. We just gave everybody the best. If you would like to find us, you can find us on the Believe Podcast Network, also on the social medias. I believe we just got our TikTok account up and running, didn't we? Yeah, I put up uh, three dances last week. Uh, hopefully you can learn those and we can do a joint video once we can be in the same space again together safely. Oh, it is going to be good. For my cousin, Andrew Keller, I'm Larry Olson. Thanks for listening to Sports Best. Cousin Larry. <laughs> <laughs>